Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Chinese Hulkamania is running SGG is here and joins us. Oh yeah, on Cheap Heat. How are you, SGG? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, you're fantastic. Doing wonderful. Oh yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I gotta say, we have the best theme song in wrestling. <laughs> All of it. You know, it's it's not the podcast. Yeah. Rest- Pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. No, to uh, actual wrestlers. There's there's no one better than yeah. than what we have right now. None. I could. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, every time I hear the beginning of the Jew World Order part with the, the when he starts using the fakakta, fakakta, the little it's 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 amazing, and <laughs> and the, and the genius when you think about it, the genius that we have the uh, that Cody Rhodes, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Stardust, if you will, the fact that Stardust right. and now Cody Rhodes. Is that voice is is pretty mage? Yeah, especially where he's at right now. That's what I'm saying. It's major. So, SGG, how are you? What's going on, man? Take take us through what's happening in the world of professional wrestling, the sport we love, the sport we cover here on Cheap Heat. So, outside of the ring, I didn't see I didn't see too much major news. Um, you know, NWA announced that. Bad News Barrett, um, or who we know as Bad News Barrett, um, I think he's going by Stu Bennett now. He is going to be replacing Jim Cornette on the commentary team. Wow. I'm, I'm interested in this. Tell me more. So, yeah, it's sort, it's sort of interesting. I don't know how it came about. I don't, I mean, I feel like he's not going to run into the same sort of mistakes I w- at Jim Cornette. I, I would think not. Yeah, it seems it seems like um 
not so much as a replacement, but just as it's a, you know, the seat opened up and rather than find somebody who also was from that era, who also would run into those same problems, who also maybe had that style, they completely went in a, in a totally different direction. Um, somebody that's going to bring a totally different vibe to the show. And yes, Stu Bennett's joining the announce team. Yeah, what was he doing most recently? Where has Wade Barrett been? I feel like he had a a show on Netflix, or he might they might have announced a show that was going to Netflix that I didn't necessarily watch. Um, and when you say didn't necessarily, he, when you say didn't necessarily, you mean you one hundred percent did not watch? Totally one hundred percent did not watch. All right, I just, I just want to clarify that. Okay. Yeah, totally one hundred percent did not watch. Um. But I think he popped up on Lucha Underground too. There was like a tease that he was going to be in uh, in one of those seasons. Maybe the, if they're having the next season, they teased him. I don't know that that's going to happen now, but um, but yeah, now he's going to be on NWA Power and the commentary team. Well, you know what that means. That means that at some point, uh, Jim Cornette got a, a voicemail or an email that started with the words. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got a bit of bad news. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I am. You know what? But it's oh, true, though. I'm sorry. I am. Are you? Oh, Are you? I'm, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Um, well, listen, they got to do something. Not going to lie, I have not flipped on power since it all happened. I'm not saying I'll never give it a shot again, but I did I did put it on timeout temporarily. Yeah, same. Same, and they they went deeper into timeout with like they did like a a send off video for Jim Cornette, basically apologizing to him that they had to let him go, or whatever. I'm like, okay. You know what we should do if we're not going to talk about power for a little while. What I want to try to do is spend a little time with MLW. I feel like I feel like through all this wrestling. The, the huge wrestling resurgence we're living through right now, what we're not giving enough time to is MLW, who SGG, they have a lot of people. They're, they're, they have hearts. They have bulldogs. They have a, they have a stable of hearts. They have hearts. They have bulldogs. They have Von Erics. There's, they have MJF, who still, they have him still? He's still, I mean, he's still listed on their roster. I think he may have a title. Whoa. Now I don't know if he's actually. Let me. I don't know if he's actively working. Let me dibble working. dabble into some stats and see. Yeah, dig around. I, I mean, know. M- I know MJF did get a diamond ring. Well, and also MJF got a Hanukkah sweater. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the uh, the Twitter conversation that I was having with MJF this week, but he I did not. He was demanding that uh, he get a Hanukkah sweater made, and. <laughs> Yo, he's so good, man. He started adding all the Jews in wrestling. And like myself and Paul Heyman and um a variety of people. And I believe one of them he just wrote at Jews. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> no. Oh, I lo- I I love MJF. What whatever. We we'll get we'll get to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um what else you got, SGJ? It was light outside of the ring. I don't have anything. All right. Well, listen. Uh, besides we, we have, that, we we got some new competition in the podcasting world. New days. Uh, feel the power dropped. New day. 
Um, yes, I'm, uh, at least a couple episodes in. I, en- I really enjoyed the first episode. Really, really did. Shout out to everyone over at Endeavor where we did the one app podcast. We've been doing it. And, uh, uh, Graves has been doing good stuff with After the Bell and now they add, um, Feel the Power, a New Day podcast. I mean, that is such a no brainer. Those dudes are, let me tell you something about the New Day right now. You know, I, I, I know I don't give a lot of behind the scenes you know, locker room WWE talk, but I will tell you right now, those are the best dudes in the world. There, there's no one I root for more than all three of them. Um, you know, I, I know Big E. I'm, I'm much, I'm the closest with Big E by far. Um, but I, I have a really nice relationship with Xavier and Kofi. They are just the best dudes and they're so entertaining and charismatic. I really, you know, I don't get on here and recommend a whole lot of other wrestling podcasts. And shout out to everyone who was showing us love. Um, I saw a lot of tweets with people saying that Spotify told them that we were their number one podcast for the year and I appreciate it. That's um, amazing. Yeah, which is great. And we still need everyone to go on the iTunes podcast app if you're a supporter for the holiday season and Give us reviews and, and, and five stars. It, it makes a difference. Grateful to all you guys, but I don't put you on to a whole lot, but I'll tell you right now, check out Corey's podcast and, and check out the new day. Um, really, really enjoyed the, the first episode. So yeah, we'll see if that gets them into the black power rankings. We don't know. We just don't know. I mean, that competition. So, you know, I, as much as I enjoyed, um, as much as I enjoyed their podcast too, of course I did listen. Everybody listened to, you know, WWE tells you right in the intro, the world is watching and listening now. You know, it's it's silver medal for everybody else. I understand. The gold is locked up. You might get a spot on the podium, but you're not getting you're not getting the spot. You know what? When it's time to play that anthem. It's going to say, "Welcome to the shoot era." Arrow, excuse me. Welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. It's a great point by you. And that's it. You make a lot of salient Second points. Second best. Yeah, sure. Second best. Um. So SGG, um, oh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I just did. We just did a really quick bonus last week ahead of the holiday, um, and it was before um, AEW last week. Um, we had a we had a I, what I thought was a pretty good RAW this week. I'm not going to sit here. How much SmackDown did I watch this week? What happened on SmackDown I, this week? I don't think I watched any. You know what? It was the day after Thanksgiving. I was still in a little bit of a turkey coma. I don't think I watched any SmackDown last week. I think I only watched a couple of clips online. And I'm telling you, that's the that's the biggest problem with SmackDown. I'm curious to hear from you guys, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com, who is making time for SmackDown. Because, again, that is the challenge. This week is so weird for wrestling. And I know not everyone does it the same way. You know, like, I try to watch some Raw live, and then I try to finish Raw at some point, um, and then I either watch AEW live or later that night, um, and then I and then I watch NXT sometime thereafter. And I know everybody has different ways, but the problem is, by the time you get to Friday, you're three shows in, it's the end of the week, it's a weird time basically because we're so used to Mondays because it's so ingrained in our wrestling brain, getting us to reshape our whole week around Friday's the most important day 
SGG, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go there. I don't know. Yeah, same. Same. Like, you know, if I'm home, I can definitely make time for it. But again, Fridays is tough. It's really tough. It's really tough. Um, I just, and I end up, you know, and I will say, by the way, I thought Raw was pretty good this week. Um, shout out to Samoa Joe, who, so, so the word is SGG, Dio Madden's going back to wrestling? Is that right? Uh, man, you know, you know, you're supposed to be the one who gets this information. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know, I'm, I don't know why this information not trickling down to me, or, you know, it's, or, I don't know who, I don't know who put the, who put the stop on the leaks that you get me this information. But yeah, for some reason, I didn't hear that. He was going back to wrestling. I mean, not only is this, not only is it news outside the ring, it's also black news outside the ring. Yeah, that, well, that's the part that's disheartening, right? Right. I should have been. Well, it's more than disheartening. It's disconcerting. It's straight up. It's just disconcerting. Yeah. There's concern. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I read. I should have been the first one to get that news. There was a WWE tweet that said, I hope you like Samoa Joe because he's going to be sticking around for a while because Dio Madden is trying to give wrestling a go again. So I don't know. I don't know much about Dio Madden's wrestling career in ring, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know any much about Dio Madden. Full stop. I don't. I don't know very uh, much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't he in the NFL at one point? Is that? No, that's John. That Madden. That's John Madden. That's John Madden. Okay. Yeah, you're getting. You're, I understand, dude. It's it's easy. Uh, it's, did he have a band? Did the oh, Dio Madden I'm have sorry. a band? A band? At one point. Yeah. Was was him and his brother in a band? Is this a joke that I don't know the setup to? Is that Joel Madden? I, is I, that perhaps it's it's not Dio? You Madden. know why? That's that's not hip hop though. That's why. Shh. Who is it? There what, are what, listeners out there. What band are you from? Good to? Charlotte. Oh, good Charlotte. No, yeah, sorry. I don't know the games of the guys in yeah. Good Charlotte. This, what yeah, yeah, no. There are listeners out there, though, who got that. No, there definitely are. And Shout I, out I gotta, to them. I'm very impressed by the diversity you're showing right there. I mean, listen, I mean, you have to. I didn't see, I didn't know you were a Good Charlotte guy. There was, now, um, <laughs> there was no way that I was going to a, now if I had never left Harlem, then yeah, shock. But there was no way I was going to like a predominantly white high school, uh, School in upstate New York for undergrad, and then law school in Buffalo, even further up for uh, for law school. And I wasn't gonna get some get some of the bands and some of those tunes. I'm very impressed. I'm this- not deep into it, but you know what? I made it enough to survive. Well, apparently so. You you are you certainly surpassed me on Good Charlotte. Um. So, anyways, I, I really like Samoa Joe on commentary. Uh. So I'm not mad at this. Um. I thought Dio Madden. I think he has potential. Um. But I think Joe, right away, you're getting a guy who can talk, who's credible, who does a really good job offering, you know, that real, that quote, real sort of athlete vibe. Um, so I'm, I like this. Um, did you watch Raw this week? I did. What, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was a little bit better than it's been. I remember, I feel like it was entertaining. I, my, the, the problem is, I feel like I was entertained in the moment, and now in this moment, I can't find anything that I remember from the episode that stuck with me beyond the Seth Rollins KO feud and Bobby Lashley being arrested 
for I still don't know what, <laughs> quite honestly. For sleeping with a white woman. You think you think that's what did it, huh? <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the officer did say though, right before they slapped the cuffs on him and dragged him out of there. This what is the say? state of Tennessee, and we do things a little bit different down here. Oh, he said that. And then he, the officer said this right before my man Bobby Lashley is getting arrested. We have not spent a lot of time on the Lashley, Lana, Rusev story. I, I, I don't, I, I, I like, I don't, I'm not going to like, I don't have like super deep feelings on it. I just think it's stupid. It just all feels so random and, and, and forced. I, I think it definitely is forced. And I think what it is maybe sort of like subtle messaging and synergy um, from the USA Network with WWE because they have Temptation Island going right now. And every time they have Temptation Island, well, this is the second season, but there's always like some sort of infidelity storyline going around when Temptation Island is uh, on the air. They had the Usos um, with Mandy Rose and Naomi going. During the first that's season right, of Temptation a, Island, now they have point. this. Yep. You know, and they would do it with like the other shows. They'd be like some comedy storyline going when they have other shows to promote. Um, so I don't know. I think that I think that might be what played played into it a little bit. Maybe we'll get to the point where we just do a full on blend of the of both shows. They just they just merge <laughs> the two shows. Raw Temptation Island. Raw, raw Temptation. Raw Temptation sounds wild, but they might well, do it. Let me tell you something about Raw Temptation. You <laughs> just might be one step away from it. A lot of, lot of people walking this earth because of Raw Temptation. Um, <laughs> Certainly, I'm one of them. I think many of us are. Um, I will tell you though, I, I feel a similar way about in the moment I felt I enjoyed the show more. And now here it is time to do the podcast and like trying to search for the big, uh, the big takeaway that I had from Raw. Ah, I'm going to pull up the results right now to remind myself <laughs> of what I even saw. I did, I did that and I didn't even say anything because like, you read the results and you're, and I'm just like, oh, really? Was I really feeling this episode that much? I guess looking back at the results, Drew and Akira Tozawa had a good match. It was quick. Akira Tozawa looked great. And then Drew, you know, hit that bomb. Alistair Black had a wrestling match with an old man who wandered out of a, uh, an old age home. <laughs> so is this how you describe it, Tony Deese? Um, I'm sorry. That, uh, Al, I'm sorry. I, I confused the matches. Alistair's match with Tony Nese. Andrade had a match with someone who escaped an Andrade old Andrade had, okay. Uh, named Eric <laughs> That's Young. That's even more disrespectful towards Eric Young. Super. I, I cannot, you want to talk disrespectful. I, I can't believe they're still forcing poor No Way Jose to, to do what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really can't. 
I, 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 if they're sending people back down to NXT, then he should definitely be uh, one of those NXT guys that go back and get a resurgence. Yeah, he needs to be just completely redone. I, I, I don't. I feel like this hasn't worked for one minute. It worked in NXT though. It definitely did. I know. I know. I feel like since he's been on on TV on on USA, it has not worked for a minute. You know that. That's, and I think. I think the problem is the size of the arena. Like, you know, at full sale and at, you know, takeovers, that works just because, at least in terms of the presentation, NXT sort of feels smaller with, like, the arenas and the, 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 where they perform, the, where they perform their shows out of. And so, if you send them back down to full sale, I think that gimmick works out fine. Cause it's, it's much it easier to get 200 people rocking than, like, 20,000. Um, and also it could be one of those things. A lot of times there are people like the great Kali. We've talked about this before. It's like, what are they doing? Why are they on TV? I don't get it. And then you go to a house show and then you go to a house show and you get it. Um, um, but it's not, he just doesn't get the whole 20,000 moving like that though, to be out there on a Monday. Um, but I don't get it. Can I tell you another truth I've had about uh, Raw recently? Uh-oh. I, I like, am not... I have not been into the OC at all. At all. And, like, and I think all three of them are great performers. I really do. I, I think Gallows and Anderson are great. They're in the right role as a tag team together. They're really good in the ring. They're, they're very entertaining in their own weird way. Obviously, AJ, I think this recent run for AJ has been a disaster relative to what the, the, the first couple years in WWE were. And, you know, uh, Corey Graves had a little rant that seemed pretty, pretty authentic on After the Bell about Charlotte's role and how Charlotte's positioning right now stinks. And I think the same thing about AJ Styles. Like, yeah. This is this is a guy who was perpetually at the top. He was just at the top and now when they when when they main event a show, they they seem to regularly put AJ and the OC in a big spot. So it's not that he's not getting a big spot. They put the OC, they close the show. They 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 put them in a big spot, but I just never feel it. Yeah, for for me part of it too is that I don't think I'm still you I don't think I'm used to that theme music yet. They changed the theme music, and I was like, well, this is – who is this? I haven't even adjusted to it being them. And I feel like that changed so much of the the vibe of, like, who who they are. Because AJ's theme is still one of the coolest themes. And then, you know, that Gallows and Anderson theme that they also always had just made them feel so badass. And then this theme, I'm not really getting that from it. I know. I feel, I feel no connection to anything about it. I don't feel connection to the music. I don't feel connection to the name, the OC. You know, when the, when the, when the Titantron comes up and it says the original, I'm always like, what? The original what? I don't, where, who is this? <laughs> right. Like it, it doesn't remind you of the Bullet Club anymore. You know, like I'm just, this to me isn't working. Whatever this is, and I, I, Rosenberg Beats at gmail.com, 
Maybe I'm on an island with this. I just don't feel it. Not the way I should. Not for how talented they all are. Not for how mage AJ Styles is. Yeah. And and again, AJ is a guy who, WWE champion, one of the longest reigning recent WWE champions. Just put him back up in that top spot. Right? He already, he already you know, he can go. We all know what he can do. Uh, he had that match with Brock. Put him in that top spot. He can handle himself up there. Yeah, and, and start by having him break up with the club. Let it, let him get some handicap matches. He has a feud with each of them. They turn on him. I just think he's always been such a natural born baby face in WWE. Yeah. And, 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 and not to say he didn't have great heel stuff in TNA because I thought he did, but I think in WWE he's meant to be, he's meant to be a face and yeah, I just have, it's the I've hair. not felt it. It's the hair. It's too, it's, it's too silky smooth and perfectly laid for me to believe that we're dealing with. With a with a tough guy here, not not even just a tough guy, but just like somebody who who has that much ruthlessness and and hate in their heart to to pull off what you want to see from the OC. Like you see Finn Balor, right? He he left. He comes back with a buzz cut, a hand tattoo, and a bicep tattoo, and now I'm believe. Okay, I believe that this is a guy who will just you know Pele kick you in the head when you least expect it. Because he's now he's done it to Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano uh, attacked Adam Cole again this past week on NXT with a drop kick to the back. He he has all the edge that the OC should have on Raw by himself. That's well that that that's I don't know what that's more telling of a, a problem for Raw. I, I mean, it's possible. Because it's just, it's just interesting that we're, we're in a tough spot. And, and, and one of the things I want to talk about this week is sort of the critique I've been seeing around, around AEW. I felt that over the last two weeks, I've noticed a lot of the big wrestling fans that I know start to make their statements of, I'm not really feeling AEW story-wise. Um... And it's yeah, funny. Come on home. I'm, it's been wonderful to watch everybody come on home. Everybody's been giving AEW that benefit of the doubt. And I get it. They were young and you wanted to, like, you know, help them up, watch them crawl, walk, run. But it's, it's good to see everybody come on home. Well, I'm not there. No writers. So no I'm writers. Not, I'm not there. So you can have fun at home. I'm still out. I'm still out having a good time. <laughs> Listen, I'll save us. I'll save you a spot. Well, it's not going to be wherever you are. I'm not coming back there. <laughs> Not because it's not <laughs> in, unless unless something changes, the, there's no place for me to go there. I mean, not not to Raw and SmackDown. I mean, so we can have a conversation NXT. about well, and, 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 listen, you don't even have to you don't even have to make time for another like it's right there already in your schedule, eight to ten, NXT. Well, the problem is it's up against my favorite wrestling show, so. <laughs> um. And, and, and the way NXT built, the way NXT always existed was that it was just living on the network. So I, I don't feel a sense of urgency to watch NXT ever because of the way I'm used to it being. Um, so I still do, like that. It's still available on the network. So, you know, yeah, so, so right. I don't, th- I don't think of it the same way, right? I, I don't, I know that they're in theory battling and viewership is close. 
Um, this week, AEW took the lead again by just a few thousand. They, they, they got past, um, NXT again, but, and listen, listen, that speaks to the powerhouse that is WWE. You got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, NXT is the WWE's third show and it's, and it's still competing and, and one time beating AEW. So listen, there's no dot, there's no, we're not denying who the top dog is. That, that, I don't see that changing. I really don't. But SGG, when it comes to live TV that I'm like making time for, I'm still with AEW, even though let's talk about the criticisms that exist because people are very down on the stories. And a lot of times there'll be a good setup for a, a segment and then it just closes in a way that's disappointing. So yeah. And definitely watch production AEW value last too. week when Jericho came out with his dad. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I can't hear you. SGG. Hold on. Oh, I'm there. Sorry. SGG. Did you see AEW last week when uh, Jericho came out with his dad? I saw clips of it. It was so funny. It was such a good segment. He he basically had a party in Chicago where he just allowed the members of the inner circle to come out and give him gifts. And this so, is where he debuted a little bit of the bubbly, right? Yes. This is where he debuted a little bit of the bubbly, his own champagne. Well, you know where I was when this was all happening. Well, I was on my way to. Where were you on your way to? The definition. Ah, uh, great party. We got to get to that too. We got to get to that. I have to say, as an aside, I know I just said we got to get to it, but I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Watching you and Scythe go back to back on the DJ turntables, it was it was amazing. And I, I had an observation. My boy Rich made the same observation. Is Watching you and Scythe was like watching uh, a Bret Hart and Ric Flair, because the styles, you knew you were watching two masters, but the styles were so different, but you were still up there watching two masters. You had you, right? You're on the turntables, you're DJing, the music, the work, the skills are speaking for itself. You didn't say anything on the mic, you just did what you had to do, party was jumping. Then Scythe gets on, he had all the skills, all the fundamentals, all the DJ knowledge, everything was there, but Every so often he jumped on the mic, he has something to say, the air horns is going off, and it's just like, that's Brett and Rick. One is letting the work speak for themselves, just letting it handle, handle what handles, you know, work in the crowd, and the other one has equal talent, but prefers to, you know, get on the mic and work the crowd and be more into the showmanship of it. And brilliant. I had a, I had a lot of fun. Well, that back is, to AEW. That is a very uh, sweet compliment, and I, I deeply appreciate that. And, and I and I like that. What a compliment from you, because in your comparison, I'm Bret Hart. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so no I, disrespect I re- to Scythe, but I mean, no, I mean that is the biggest difference between me and Scythe. It's so funny because in real life, I'm probably more talkative than Scythe is. But when we get in the when we DJ, I'm never a big talker. I just. I always believe in just letting the music play. And then New York DJs, New York club DJs are big on talking-ish and hyping the crowd themselves. And crowd work, yeah. So I really appreciate that. Um, So, yes, so you were on the way down there, so you didn't see it, but it was hilarious. It was just great. They they come out and give them presents. Santana and Ortiz gave him like a – 
a Puerto Rican like starter kit, a, a Puerto Rican flag. Do <laughs> he put on a Puerto Rican flag do rag? Um, it, the only thing they messed up with is that like they they're still using sort of old tropes. I think they gave him a forty. It's the holidays. They're Puerto Rican. He should have. They should have given him coquito. Co- coquito. Yeah, it had to be coquito. <laughs> it had, had to, to be. be. So that was the only summertime, maybe forty. But right now, you're right. No, it's coquito time. So that was the, that's a that's a small nitpick though. Um, then his dad comes out, and his dad was on the Rangers. So his dad's wearing a Rangers jersey. They talk up. I mean, his dad was the worst actor ever, but it was still funny. Um, is that what made it funny? It that part was unintentionally funny. Oh, and then I think Jake, I think it was Hager, brought him out a baby goat. <laughs> like it was. Now listen, the the close of the segment, you know, the way they got attacked was really predictable, and it, I admit it was a silly close to the segment, you know. But like right now, Goldstein who I, I think his general goal in the group chat, besides instantaneously making jokes about anything that's said, is also to just generally dis- disagree with whatever the primary feeling is in the group. So because Dip especially, but me also, have been so pro-AEW, I mean, Goldstein almost has a double battery in his back right now to tear down everything <laughs> about AEW. Well, I'll say that's shocking, though. I really feel like that's shocking for me because I I thought he was very excited about what AEW was going to bring to the table. I think we all were to varying degrees. And I think some of us were, you know, giving AEW a little bit more rope. I was ready for them. All right, first mistake. uh, Yeah, you're done out of here. But I thought Goldstein would have been a little bit more forgiving, um, especially considering what they promised and what they've been delivering. I mean, you know, Jericho, gotta say it, he's having the run of his life right now. Entertaining. I mean, it's, this is it. This is the best Jericho run of all time. I really mean that because you could tell me we can talk all about the better runs he's had in the ring, but you also know me. So, yeah, you're right. He has had better runs in the ring. So, when it comes to the whole thing, I mean, the character that he's doing now, this is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a heel. Yeah. He is sort of an aging, bitter heel in some ways. Egotistical. This is him. Bully. Like, just kind of a jerk. I say that with all due respect. He's, it's perfect. Probably enjoys a, a, a little bit of the bubbly. Like this is. First of all, we know he definitely does. Yeah, that's a, that, yeah, that's not that's not me talking out of school. That's that's kind of a known. That's a known thing. Um, it's he's just doing incredible work. There's just no. So I mean, to to spend all of our time tearing down every piece of every story, to me, just sort of seems like. Listen, I'm not saying they're not reasonable arguments. They are. But why I love the show every week has way more to do with the feel of the show and the wrestling than anything else. And, Sleeper, 
<clears throat> I don't know about you, SGG, my general enjoyment for Excalibur. Really? I really have grown to like Excalibur. He's like this, he's like a credible sounding, kind of nerdy, but efficient, and, and still has a, a voice with some impact. Um, I, I really like Excalibur. Now, now here's the thing I think is hard, SGG. At some point, this is going to become a little game of one's got to go. Well, don't get rid of Tony Schiavone. I'm still, I'm still in on Tony Schiavone. I, I really like Schiavone too, especially now that I saw what he has in his ear. Like that was, he's iced out. He can't go anywhere. So you just realized for the first time that Tony Schiavone has. I never saw that before. A diamond in his ear. I never saw that before. Yesterday was the first time I saw that. And yeah, um, I'm in. That's all it took. I was um, already in, but like, that's all it took for him to be like locked in. I think we need to have, I think we still need to have a facial hair conversation though with Shivani. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. I, it's, I don't think that, uh, that's, you know, I don't want, I don't want to nitpick. But I'm curious how people feel. I think it's an example of one's got to go. At some point, we're going to have to figure this out. Mail. Thomas writes us, and he sent this late last night. Subject, AEW Dynamite Live from Champagne. Dear Pete and Greg, been with Chief Pete since nearly the beginning. But this is my first time reaching out. I live in Champaign-Urbana um, and just attended the AEW show and wanted to give my thoughts. I'll highlight my main points in red just to give a baseline. Nearly a lifelong wrestling fan, born in 87 um, through 2001, and then 2014 to today, I watch Raw, NWA, AEW Weekly, sometimes catch SmackDown to a lesser extent, NXT. I think AEW is fresh and exciting. I look forward to it. My main problems with AEW right now, the spots, moves are too obviously set up. And the sometimes strange booking on Dynamite and Dark. I would like it a little more if they put all their top guys at the forefront of the product and build other characters using those top guys rather than putting some of the lesser known talent in top positions and kind of rushing their pushes, but I digress. I felt the show was very entertaining tonight. The crowd had fun, and I can only assume that there was some loud chants heard through the live feed. The opening match received well. The Trent Beretta... Um, Ray Phoenix match was solid, uh, but it was really odd that Chuck and Cassidy were at ringside, but Pentagon Jr. was not. It was also disappointing, at least for me, that Orange Cassidy didn't get physical at all. The AEW crowd is big into Cassidy right now, and he should be pushed a bit more. Uh, I agree. The second I see Orange Cassidy, I want something to happen with Orange Cassidy. Well, yeah. Like, you gotta Isn't give that us part the of the gimmick. gimmick, though, that, like, he's just so chill and so cool that you know if if something happens all the time every time then he's so it's chill true. and so cool that when things do happen it's like the best thing ever I just guess because right. he's that, there he's just like chilling out that is a tough balance that is a tough balance to strike with him because for for those little jokey spots to be meaningful you got to kind of wait for the moment you know otherwise yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fair point. 
So that's a that's a good that's a good retort. Um, let's move on a little bit. He says it was the first time I saw Joey Janela, and although I liked his promo and ring work, the match didn't feel very important. Janela, for my first viewing, seems to be a mid carder right now with a bright future. I, I agree. I thought I love Joey. That this is a scouting report. What'd you say? I loved how this email is a scouting report. Yeah, but it's it really, true, though. I agree. And and I I'm reading. I really um. I thought Joey had a good match this week with uh, Moxley, but I'm not you. You know, I've talked about this. He doesn't feel like a bad boy right now. Yeah, it, it just the character's lacking. I, I want like I don't know, full blown nasty heel. There's got to be some other layer to Joey Janela. I'm not. I know he can wrestle, and I know he can troll on the internet, and and he's funny. In real life, he's a pretty funny, trolly guy. I kind of want more of that. And I think I told you this, too. I think I texted it to you. Like, I just don't feel like this cool factor that he's supposed to have. Yeah, I feel the I same way. Feel it. I, I feel the same way. Um, After the show, they had AW Dark matches. Omega closed the show against Kip Sabian. Great match. But so crazy he didn't appear on Dynamite. I mean, that's great, great point. After the match, he brought out the Young Bucks, Cody, um, Brandon, and then Tony Khan. Khan is a Champagne native and attended the university, so he was really happy to be there. Heartfelt moment. Crowd was into it. Beyond the review, I can say the building was maybe less than half full. Attached is a picture I took maybe five minutes before the show started. The crowd never grew. In fact, my <laughs> wife and I had okay seats on the non-camera side and then just walked over to the camera side and sat much closer. It was great for us, but a little sad to see so many empty seats. It was a little fuller than a WWE Live event I attended there last year or the year before, but not by much, and a lot of people left before the Janela Mox match. Yeah, uh, I mean, that part of it, I don't really, eh. But I'm sell looking, out, SGG. Don't sell out. But SGG, I mean. I'm, I see it. <laughs> I see it. So before you try to... I see it, and at that point, that's when, like, you just try to flood everybody to the camera side and make sure that your production doesn't get too much of the other stuff. Because, <laughs> I mean, I see it. It does look bad. But but that but that's also a big building for them, it looks like, no? Right. That's not, like, generally the size. Aren't they trying to run in five to 7,000 seaters? This looks like a 12,000 seater. Well, yeah, they should be running into, like, Five to seven thousand. That's that's definitely their range, and I think I think that's part of the problem um, with AEW, right? Is that they they're not sticking to their range. They 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 they're shooting above uh, where they should be, and you know they do have the talent to do it. In some cases, they have Jericho, they have Cody, they have Omega, you know Moxley, but then in other places, they need to sort of like do that slow build. Um, the production stuff should have been worked out a little bit more. They ran pay-per-views that should have given them time to do it. Even even if they would have run like a few house shows or like some smaller things that they didn't televise, but they tested out the production stuff. Some of that, like it has to be worked out, but they're trying to do everything above above their, their range and, and it's just not, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you gotta be, it's, it's a tough spot to be in too, cause 
I don't fully understand. Um, it's just going to take a long time. I don't know how long it's going to take to get to the place where you're able to run big, big arenas and if they'll ever get there. But I'll tell right. you on TV, on TV, you don't notice it on TV. I think it looks great. Also, I need to give credit. Speaking of TV looking great, there was a spot during the Moxley, um, Janela match. Did you see the spot when Moxley was standing outside at the ring at the, um, timekeeper's table? I did not. I was fully invested in NXT at that point. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm fine. sorry. Fine, yeah. fine. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Everybody was, knew this. Was- no, that's your job. That's good. You can tell us more about NXT, which I haven't finished yet. So, Moxley, uh, Moxley's standing at the timekeeper's table and looks up, and Janela flies and crashes through him. And they did a shot. They they did not cut to Janela. They kept the camera just on Moxley as his eyes kind of get big, and someone just comes and Janela just crashes into the shot. It looked awesome. I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if they meant to cut and the technical director didn't cut, but it was it was a very unique look for a table spot that that felt totally unfamiliar um listen let's give him the credit let's say let's say that it was intentional let's not take that away from him i just um listen i hear the criticism people have right now for for aw i i think it's valid i hear the criticism it is not perfect um, you know, another spot this week that Goldstein really thought was lame was when Jericho gave Jungle Boy, you know, Jericho and Jungle Boy had this moment and he just really thought that Jungle Boy didn't stand out in the moment. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't think Jungle Boy is <clears throat> filled with charisma. Um, but I do think they're doing a good job with Jericho stretching out his run and finding these little things for him. I like how all Jericho does is talk. I really do. And how he, the only reason he's having a match with Jungle Boy is because he announced that they're forcing him to have one more match in 2019. I like that. I, I, there's an old school feel to the champion feeling a little more scarce, don't you think? Yeah. And uh, which is why, you know, the Brock, they, they push it a little bit too far with Brock, but, I'm fine with the champion not appearing every every week and not wrestling every week because that's what we got growing up. That's literally the way it was. Hogan, you didn't see him all the time. And when you did, it was like, damn, that's Hogan. Macho Man Randy Savage. Whoever had that championship, like, they popped up periodically. Even if, like, if you were down in the territories, it was the same thing. The world champion came through for a few months and then he was out and you didn't know when you were going to see him again. Yeah, and with Brock, it goes too far because he's just completely gone, and you know why he's gone. It's like he just <laughs> yeah. doesn't want to be there. Right. But in the case in the case of Jericho, he's there every week. He's just talking. And I have to admit, man, like, you guys have to understand, I, I really personally am not a fan of Jericho. Do you know how much, if, if I think someone's been obnoxious to me in real life, which I do feel about Jericho. You said think? <laughs> yeah, do I make that obvious? <laughs> Well, I mean, hold on. You you know. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. But do you know how good you have to be for me to not hate on you when I already have a personal problem with you? Like, I just cannot overstate how good he is right now. When I have a distaste for someone, 
I, my general, I just have, I start just being like, nah, just not feeling it. Nah, he's so good. I can't help it. Like it's, I now I'm even into, I basically pop for every time he says Le Champion. I, I basically <gasps> pop every time when he talks about it third person, when he's like, you really think you can stand here with Le Champion? Like it's, it's. <laughs> Like, I think it's, I think that's, I think that line we're going to remember for a long time. I really do. I think it's going to stick with him forever. I think all the nicknames he gets, I think, I think that will be there behind Y2J. As, Y2J as, is the GOAT nickname for Chris Jericho. Well, for sure. That's never yeah. going away. Um, I mean, when you think about it, the fact that it lasted this long, considering not only has it been 20 years since Y2K, no one even remembers what Y2K is anymore. Yeah. Like, if you didn't live through Y2K, you don't even know that Y2J is a reference to Y2K. You just know Y2J. And side side note, that was the dumbest crisis that, like, oh, what's going to happen? The machines are going to turn on us. Like, I, I heard all kinds of theories around the year 2000. It was just like, oh, the ball's going to drop, and then who knows what's going to happen. And it's like, nothing happened. And then the 2012 thing after that. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was weak. It was a terrible storyline. <laughs> there was no, there was no payoff no for the Y2K story. <laughs> no, it was terrible. It was repug. <sighs> it was completely repug. Um, one more email here. Let's see. Mail. Kobe says, gentlemen, I've been eagerly awaiting to hear SGG, aka the gobbledy Gregor and, uh, and a belated happy Thanksgiving. I want to hear his opinion on the exceptionally problematic Lashley-Rusev-Lana triangle. I can't be the only one who sees the Jim Crow era stereotypes about black men being portrayed here. WWE is trying to sell us on Lashley being a sexual predator, out to steal a white woman from her husband. Then to top it off, a heroic southern cop disregards the restraining order and arrests the black man who's supposed to be protected. If this ends with Rusev putting together an angry mob and taking care of Lashley, then God help us all. <laughs> finding so, it harder and finding it harder and harder to take it easy, man, Kobe. <laughs> Lashley is not being portrayed as a sexual predator. First of all, that, yeah, okay, Lana's, that's fair. Lana's totally into it. Rusev's feelings are hurt. That's just what that's about. She's not a predator. So, He's so you gotta remove, girl. you gotta remove your own thinking that way. Right. Like, because like you're, you're projecting your own thoughts that that has to be what they're saying. Right. Enzo was creeping on Lana. That's a Aiden, fact. Aiden English creeping on Lana. Like hard. He was doctor and videos. That was crazy. Do you want to describe those guys as predators? Cool. Lana's into this. Lana was into Dolph. Sometimes it's just how it is. Now, the cop disregarding the restraining order. No excuse for that. No excuse for that. And he definitely tipped his hand when he said, this is the state of Tennessee. We do things a little bit differently down here. What did he mean by that? I want to hear more from this cop. That, that was a, yeah, that was a little bit little bit strange. Lashley's the victim here. He's not the predator. He's the victim. 
Um, you know, I think some people will be surprised by this take from you. He is. I mean, listen, Lana's into it. What? Who? Who are we? Yes, she married Rusev. But then Mr. Still Your Girl, Bobby Lashley, came along, the, the the almighty Bobby Lashley, and then, you know, she had a change of heart. Now, I have an email here, but it, it, I feel like I can't read it without trying to get dip on the show here. Hold, hold on one sec. Let's see if I can get the, the Majent himself. Hold on. This would be new if I could get you both on the show at the same time. Hold on. Hey. Is this Brian Dipperstein? Yeah. Hey, it's Peter Rosenberg. Hey, how are you? Say hello to Stack Guy Greg. Hey. Hey, hello. Hello, Stack Guy Greg. Hello. Hey. The Majent himself. Oh, oh, indeed, it's true. In the flesh. In the flesh of Jace. In the flesh of Jace. Um, although uh, I am going to Los Angeles over the holidays, so there will be some in the flesh uh, Dipperstein co-hosted podcast going down. Am I in trouble? What did I do? Am First of all, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I want to read you an email that we have with you on the phone because I'm sure Greg will appreciate some of it, but I think you're needed here. Ready? Am I live on the air on ESPN right now? Or? Yeah, that's right. 100%. All right, here we go. Mail. Andrew writes... And uh, his his uh, his subject is the shul. Uh huh. Peter and SGG. I love this idea. Every promo starts with "If I could fetch for a minute." The <laughs> factions. The factions finishing move is called the mourners' kaddish. <laughs> uh, one of one of the members has a vicious Orton punt a Jace esque finishing move called the Briss. <laughs> or you just remove someone's singlet. <laughs> he says the vi- the victory celebration after winning a title for the shul, the host the the champion hosts a winner's kiddish. Um, uh, and. And uh, and he says that felling and chutzpah should also be staples of the faction. And um, if there's one single mashugana that ruins the shtick, I cannot endorse that. Enjoy yourself, Andrew. Andrew in Elbaria. Um, um, Andrew, Andrew, stay mage, Andrew. Now, real quick, Dipperstein, while we have you on the line, mm. do you have do you have any sort of retort to the Andrew Goldsteins of the world and many others who are starting to come down very hard on AEW storytelling. Um, I, yeah, I th- look, I, I think you're, I'm going to be honest. I think there needs to be more of it. Um, that I, I can't deny that that is a hundred percent the case. Um, but, uh, I, you know how I feel about it. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. I, I'm, I can't stop watching it. I, I think it is, of, of, of the highest quality. I don't even know what else to say. But yes, there needs to be more. I, I, I kind of agree with Goldstein, but I'm not like, you know, there's, it's not like making, it's not affecting my 
fandom of it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm on the same page. And, and Greg and I said this earlier. There are definitely some the way that some segments close need work, and and storytelling, which obviously is important, has not been at the forefront. But I guess I still just enjoy the wrestling and the feel of it so much that it's not bothering me yet, as it would if it's if we're having the same conversation in three years. If we're having the same conversation in three years, there's going to be a problem. If right. listen, if they can't figure it out in three years, fold it up, pack it in, go work for Vince. But I, guys, I, I got news for you. I don't think that that's the goal of, of this promotion. I don't think that. I mean, I think that they're they're um, the goal is to have them come out do these unscripted, you know, these semi-scripted or unscripted promos. And I think you know maybe maybe they're going to start with that. They're gonna they're gonna you know, um, experiment with the fact that, you know, see how the fans react to the unscripted promos and then, like, gradually move it into a more storyline-based program. But for now, I mean, they, they seem to be just more focused on unscripted promos that feel genuine and feel like, you know, the WWE ones used to. So which, work, I think that's, which work that's, really well, which work well with Moxley yeah. and the guys who are capable of it. Um, and, God, have and I, then, done, I, have, I have done, not to interrupt you, I have done... Here's a hot take. I have done such a three sixty or one eighty on Mox on Moxley. <laughs> I, me too. I me think too. he's fantastic. I love I love his segments. I love his matches. I mean, every single thing is just completely turned around for me with him. I really think he is major. This is absurd. Absurd. Yeah, you, you, I'm can't, you can't you can't believe it. Absurdity. I evolved. Of, Absurdly of the highest order because Moxley is Dean Ambrose in different gear. It's the no, same. No, it is no. the same exact. No, that is just un- unequivocally. It is the same Greg, exact. That, Greg, this is a horrible thing. take. This it is, is the a same horrible. exact thing. No, then, so then, to turn around. No, that you haven't watched. That you haven't you haven't watched. Honestly, there's no way you watched his promo from a few weeks ago and think it's the same. It's impossible. He's the same guy. He is the same guy. SGG. He cut a promo three weeks that was better than anything that's been on WTV in 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 two years, at least from a promo standpoint. Literally, you still got this guy on the podcast. I mean, mean, he's out of his mind. He's out of same guy. you, then you're not same, watching. Same you're not matches. Watching. No, same promos. You 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 have same the guy. volume. And this, down. And this you're, is you're not this watching. Is, you're watching. This is a guy. This is a guy. This is coming from. And this is coming from a guy who, on this podcast, has defended Dean Ambrose to the death. So I'm not saying that that's a criticism of Dean Ambrose. I liked him, uh, John Moxley. I liked him. I like him. But to say that he's doing anything. Uh, monumentally different than he was doing in WWE is is absurd. It is uh, the Greg, same I guy. truly, I truly think you have the volume down when you're watching. I'm not kidding. I I think you're gonna lie and say it's not true, but I think you have NXT turned up with the volume, and you and Moro are screaming, "Mamma mia, it's insane in the membrane." <laughs> what are you and saying? Not, what's the, what's uh, the word uh, in Yiddish when you feel bad for somebody? You know, um, I pobrecito? think. Susie used it in Curb when she was talking about Larry, Larry and the, you know, Larry and the hipsters. What, what was that? What's that line that she uses? Um, uh, what is it? When you feel bad for somebody, that way we feel bad for SUG right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it. Is it like, 
Um, I don't know the Yiddish. Somebody write it in. I don't know. Right, write Andrew. Someone no, write Andrew. No, listen to just, just listeners. Yeah, listeners, send send it in. No, let, let let the listeners decide. Let the listeners decide. Same guy. He's the same guy. Mm. And I like I like him. If this I like is them a in crazy, WWE. Okay. Like them yeah, somebody call guy. Arkham Asylum because there's a cell that needs to be occupied. <laughs> I am right, shocked that Dip would make that reference. Um, that Dip makes that reference. All right, Dip. I'll, I'll we'll talk to you later. Just wanted to get your take there. All right, we're, you know, same age. Okay. All right, enjoy yourself. Enjoy oh, yourself. And, and by and by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh huh. <laughs> I see. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, there he is. That's the Brian Dipperstein. Um, and again, I'll be live from Los Angeles in just a few, a few weeks. Um, yeah, SGG, I so disagree with you on that. I, I, I'm going to send you the promo. I, to, I'm going to show you the one you Same clearly didn't watch. Guy. Then you didn't see it. There's no way you could see the promo and think that. He, he says completely different things. The he matches, actually, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the level of hardcore that they let him get in the matches. I'll give no. you that. It's not just that. Same yeah, I think, his, I think his ring works better. Everything's better. Ask him if he thinks it's different. His ring work? I don't care what he thinks. I'm going by my observations. His <laughs> ring work was always crisp, though. His ring work was, I always said this, like, he has he has great technique. He didn't get rated properly when he was in WWE. Everything that he had in WWE, he has now. They are letting him do a little bit more in the ring. But as far as what he's bringing to the table, uh, promo-wise and all of that, same guy. He looks nah, different. He looks different. He I think definitely he has a little same. bit more freedom. I think he physically looks the same. I just think he sounds so different. I think he's, I think the character of seeming, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not saying constantly. I'm not saying every minute I don't recognize him, but the best moments that he's had, I think stand out so far above what we got from him. And um, listen, maybe movie. that's what you're, maybe that's what you're, you're gravitating towards. Like he definitely is, um, a little bit more refreshed. He definitely is is happy in his placement where he is right now, like visibly, like you can feel it. But again, as far as skill wise, work wise, you know, the level of promo that he brings to the table, he is the same guy. Oh no, you know what? I, I have the drop. Feel, he I might have be rejuvenated. Drop. I, but he's I, the I same sh- guy. I should have pressed this earlier. I'm so sorry. Stop yourself. <laughs> Stop no. yourself. We had stop yourself. We had dip on the line. He should have said it earlier, but he stopped himself. Stop yourself. Um, all right. Last email before we, uh, hit black power rankings. If you have them, um, and, and, it, and, and that means you have to write them right now. <laughs> no, there's only, um, there's only one. I got it though. There's only right. one way to go with this. Well, this one, uh, let's see here. It is. Oh, oh, so it's doing the top. Here's what it was. It was, um, mail. Another surprise <laughs> ruined from Randy. Sweet Pete and the Statless one. I don't understand why WWE continues to ruin big crowd popping surprises. I woke up Wednesday morning to the news that John Morrison had signed a deal. This was, of course, announced on backstage, which WWE is using to ruin awesome moments that would be much better in front of a live crowd. No matter what WWE does to hype the importance and must-see aspect of backstage, I'm also guaranteed not to watch. It starts at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. I've got two young girls and a job, and I'm not adjusting my schedule to watch an announcement. Why not announce 
an open challenger tag team match with a mystery partner and bring back Morrison like that. The TV audience that doesn't know Morrison will know he's a big deal when the crowd pops. Am I crazy, guys? First of all, you could, you're not crazy at all. I 100% agree. Second of all, I could care less that Morrison's coming back. Um, and I, I know it's hard to follow that up with all, all due respect. I'm just not a fan. I know some people are. Um, I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler. He's like a, I, I never felt it. I never felt Johnny Nitro, Johnny Morrison, um, John Morrison. I know you felt that way in the group chat. Didn't think you were going to bring it to, uh, uh to the, the table. Well, yeah. Welcome to the shoots, Arrow Baby. You just, I, you just jumped over my Moxley Dean Ambrose hot take with that. You, you think it's a hot take? I feel like most people who will write us will agree and they'll say, yeah, I never saw it either. You think, you think people disagree? I think, I think 100%, I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me. Oh, I'll say a good amount of people are going to disagree with me. A ton of people are going to disagree with you on Johnny Morrison. People are definitely hyped now. As far as that email is concerned, I agree with, I agree with it in theory, right, in principle. But I just feel like backstage isn't moving the needle as much as we think or as they like for it to be this thing. Like if they announced it on the Today Show or something big or like one of those mainstream uh, partners, then it's like, yeah, why are you ruining the surprise? But only the hardest of hardcore, no, WWE but then they go to fans, not even wrestling fans. But then they go to social, it. but then it all goes to social, so it's all ruined anyway. Yeah, but it's just, it's still just social, right? Like, how much do, you know, they, they tout their, their billions of followers, but it's really just like the same, like it's the same person that follows their whole roster on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, right? It's just like, how many people are they actually reaching? Like, individual people versus like, just the numbers. Well, uh, listen, I can only speak for me. So I'm being selfish here. It ruins things for me because I'm going to see it on social, and yeah, I would be true. way and I would be way more excited on TV if it happened. Even Morrison, who I'm not that excited about, as you can tell, I still would be more excited to have it happen as a surprise than have it reported on backstage. I mean, how many things are they going to run through backstage? A secondary show that airs on FS1. I mean, bless it. I, I love the people doing the show. I think the show is being done pretty well. But like, how much are you doing to please Fox for that show? It's just. It's, I don't know, man. All right, SUG, you said you have one black power ranking, so give it to us. There's only one person, and we didn't give him his due in the last episode. I'm, I'm so happy to see this man getting his due, uh, right now with the push that he's getting, uh, being put in a prominent role. And even now, you just have to know that, uh, there are no limits to where this man is gonna go. And no, I'm not talking about Master P. I'm talking about the limitless one himself. Uh, Keith Lee, he had a, an excellent showing at Survivor Series, which came right on the heels of his first takeover match, victorious in war games, and then to pop up on NXT and then now be, you know, sort of thrown into the main event, top spot of NXT, feuding with the Undisputed Era, um, going after any bit of gold that he can get from them. Uh, yeah, just, we just gotta bask in his glory right now. So Keith Lee is, is the Black Power Rankings this week. Uh, I respect it. You're right. Definitely worth a note. We haven't spent enough time on Keith Lee yet. He's got a huge, huge future. Thought you were maybe gonna mention, uh, Leo, who's continuing to, uh, do his thing at NXT as well as the Cruiserweight Champion. Had a great match, um, this week also. SGG, do me a favor this week. Um, 
enjoy yourself, first of all. Of course. And, and you take it easy, man. And also, stay mage, if you will. Everyone, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Have a great weekend. We're back again with another cheap heat. Shout out to Dipperstein. Shout out to the whole Jew World Order. What else do we say? Stay mage, SGG. Oh, yeah. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.